Guys, welcome back to another episode of the MindMate podcast. This week is a very, very special uh, episode because I got to sit down and chat with my father, David Ahern, who is an editor. He is an author as well. He's currently writing his second book and he has plans to, when he retires, he wants to uh, go and find a house, you know, off near the beach and just write and write. I think he, he enjoys writing fiction, but he, he wants to write um, some nonfiction as well, including, um, you know, some things about successful marriages or how to end a, a marriage successfully and, and all sorts of things. But the reason why I wanted to get him on the show so badly and have done so for, have wanted to for a long while is because he's provided so much value in my life in learning um, about things that I struggled with. You know, he, he's had some issues with anxiety as a child and um, his insights were interesting, but he's also one of the most generous people objectively that I've ever met. And the way he talks, I guess, is a really good uh, a testament for that. He, he almost too much tends to put other people first and... Um, in that sense, I kind of seem like a like a hero because, you know, Joseph Campbell wrote that a celebrity is is someone who does does things for himself, and a hero is is someone who who helps to build society. And you know, on a very micro level, Dad has um, built his little society and um, never asked for anything in return. So, I, I I do believe that there is a lot of value in this episode, guys, and um, I think it's just interesting to to listen to a dynamic between father and son, given that I'm now 26 and, you know, the dynamic has changed from parent and child to mate and mate. And just learning, you know, a lot of our demographic is 18 to 35, but learning about what it's like um, to become a parent, um, learning what it's like to, you know, to grow and and live this life. And I think his life experience and his... um, his, uh, his insights and advice, especially towards the end of the podcast, are really valuable for us all attempting to learn and get to know our minds. So without further ado, I give you my dad. The Pale Blue Dot. This is your first time doing a podcast? Yeah. No, but you host a podcast, don't you? Uh, sorry, that's true. Through work, I do. Yeah. So we officially started, have we? We were on. We're on. <laughs> oh, nothing like a bit of warning. Thank yeah, you. I know. I don't often give warning. Sometimes I'll say, welcome to the My Mate podcast and other things, but... You're not no. going to? No. Nah. Okay. <laughs> well, I could. Welcome to the My Mate podcast. Thank Dad. you. It is oh. your podcast. You can do whatever you like. That's true. I do do podcasts through work, so that's not true. Yeah. Um, not with the camera, though. We just do uh, my voice. Would you ever... Are you going to move on to camera? Oh, we might one day. Yeah. yeah. We'll see how we go. Yeah. But we're in the early stages of all the podcast stuff, so... Yeah. You know, it's all fairly new to us, so... And, and new to you? Very new to me. Well, no, actually, yeah. no, not really, because you've been doing radio for... Oh, radio, yeah. That's I, I, yeah, I was a radio newsreader many years ago. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not uh, unfamiliar with uh, technology and radio and microphones and things like that. Mm. Mm. So well... This was a long time coming. It was. I never thought you'd ask, actually. What? I've, I've, what? Really? I thought I've asked before. Well, you have, and then you've cancelled. <laughs> That's true. Many times. That is true. That is true. The That's truth right. comes out. Yeah, it does. Yeah, okay. Oh, well, no, it is good that we're finally doing a podcast together. Absolutely. I was thrilled to bits when you asked me this morning. Yes. Well, to give everyone a bit of background, we uh, we went for coffee this morning. We did. I paid for it all, actually, which is very generous. Of... <laughs> you haven't changed, have you? <laughs> no, look, I paid for... Two coffees. You did. Dad paid for everything else. There was banana cake. There was fruit. There was everything. There was avocado. Smashed avocado. 
God. You've set me back a week. I know. I'm sorry. No, but it's good. I think um, you and I are very similar. We, yes. we're, we're very lucky that we uh, obviously have unconditional love. Yes. You know, being father and son, but we actually Absolutely. are best friends as well. Yeah. Which is yeah. good. Um, it is. And I think it is lucky because there are a lot of people out there that just don't have that, you know? True. Um, True. But, um, yeah, I guess I wanted to start the show by asking something which I don't think I've actually asked you before, right. which is, how did you get into writing? How did I get into writing? Well, yeah. I started life as a newspaper journalist, so I guess that was my beginning. Mm. Um, but I liked writing when I was at school. Yeah. I loved doing essays, writing essays, uh, ancient history, modern European history, all those things, and there was a lot of writing involved. Yeah. So I guess that was my forte. Uh, mathematics and physics and chemistry certainly weren't. Mm. So I got into the writing and, uh, yeah, I guess getting the job in newspapers when I left school was a natural progression. Mm. So I've always been interested and uh, just moved on from there, basically. Yeah. And you still love it now? I do. Yes. No, I love it even more in many respects. I think I've got better. I think in the early days I struggled a bit uh, with writing. Uh, to, newspaper writing in particular is quite different to just writing yeah. essays. So it took me a little while to get into that groove. Yeah. But uh, then I progressed. I think after a couple of years, I got the idea of how it all was, how you know how you're supposed to write, certainly for newspapers. And then, uh, yeah, I just got better at my craft as I went along. Mm. And then I did radio for a long time, and that writing style is different again to newspapers. So it's short, sharp, and all present tense mm. rather than, you don't say said, you say says, things like mm. that. And then uh, now with the, the magazine that I edit, and I still write a few stories for that, so I do enjoy it. Yeah, it's good. I mm. love writing. And you have your own book, obviously, as well. Where is this? I do. Book? Where did I put my book? It's oh, somewhere, it? isn't it? It is. I think I put it in my... Uh, Hang on, I'll book. go and get it. I'll go okay. and get it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you I, can you know, this out. A free plug. No, well, it was in... <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, I'll just talk amongst myself while you're here. Please do. No. Okay. Anyway, I'm going to get a free plug with my book, so that's good. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. It's actually in my bedroom. Yeah, whereabouts? Oh, well, that's not my bedroom. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> How yes. soon we forget. You did used to live here not long ago. Here it is. Yeah, thank you. So, yeah, I wrote this uh, in England back in the early 1990s. And then thanks to you, you got me back on it again. Bid there the past farewell. Uh, you can purchase a copy through Amazon. Yeah. Any of those major <laughs> book chains. Oh, Dad, you're right. Oh, yeah, right into the market. Yeah. Marketing's not the end. my forte, but uh, <laughs> since you've given me the uh, opportunity yeah. for a free plug... Bid the past farewell. <laughs> Thank you very much. Have a look. Yeah, absolutely. It's good. It's really good. This yeah, is, but this well, you got me back into it. I, I left it for a few years, and um, again, that was an interesting experience. That's it there. And then I put a few, or well, a lot, lot more effort into it a couple of years ago, and then self-published last year. Yeah. And these great. days, it's so much easier to do that, which is great. Yeah. Yeah, really enjoy it. So thank you for your efforts there, Tom. No, well, thank you for... Well, because you were my biggest inspiration with mm. writing. I yeah. just... I. I can't remember if it's a memory or if it's just some sort of like visual I have of just um, seeing you always writing, um, you know, especially when you um, were in between jobs. I remember you were writing a lot and yeah, yeah. All that sort of stuff. And um, yeah, for some reason, it just really clicked with me. I just thought it'd be really cool. It's very, mm. very fulfilling to to get mm. words out on a piece of paper. And my, my writing's probably a little bit different to yours. You're more fiction-based than, yeah. than me. But anyway, I mean, fiction is just a kind of elaborate or exaggeratory way of expressing yourself anyway, so... Well, it is, and I'm, I, it's funny, because I always, when I go for my power walks in the morning, I'm always 
thinking of things in my brain and yeah. writing other stories in my brain as I go along. Yeah. So it's uh, it's funny. I'm never. I really don't stop thinking about what another novel could be about and mm. you know different characters and so forth. So uh, this is the first one. I'm working on a second one, and we'll see where we go with that. Yeah. And so give us the uh, give us the plot with bid the fart bid the past farewell. Yeah. I was about to say bid the fart farewell. Let's yeah, hope I'm, so. I'm glad it wasn't titled that. Otherwise, <laughs> bid the fart farewell. Bestseller. No, would have gone nowhere probably. <laughs> yeah. um, Hopefully not the fart. No, exactly. Um, fiction novel set in London in the early 1990s. The IRA are still prevalent. Uh, this was before the peace process, long before Brexit. Um, and a couple of characters get involved uh, with a few IRA types. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, there's a, a bit of violence in there, a bit of sex, a bit of everything, oh. really. Yeah. yeah Expressing yourself, Dad. Well, no, no, it's a fiction novel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not my life. <laughs> so, anyway, it was, it was fun. And uh, uh, as you know, your mother and I were together then. She was great, a great support. So I'd write 10 pages a day, yeah. longhand on A4 sheets. Crazy. And then read them to her when she got home. And then, yeah, just sort of sat there uh, for a long time. Mm. Did a few drafts when we first came back to Melbourne. And then uh, you came along and Lauren came along. I didn't have a lot of time for anything, really. Yeah. And then only revisited it again, thanks to you, when you suggested that about three or four years ago. Yeah. And then went through, did another three or four or five drafts and got it to a stage where it was... I'm pretty happy with it. Pretty happy with yeah. it. I'm yeah. I'm never totally happy with anything I write. Yeah. I am a bit of a perfectionist. Um, do you think that serves you oh I don't know sometimes it can drive you mad Mm. but uh, that's just what I am you know and if I see a a, my spelling generally is very very good yeah but just things like hyphens or commas or whatever which you know for most people these days commas mean nothing I don't really care about commas but I I tend to fixate about things like that yeah so uh, anyway that's just me and uh, you know uh whether a, being a perfectionist is a good thing or a bad thing, I don't know. Because mm. you're never totally happy. But I'm I'm 99% happy with the book. Yeah. So that's good. I think like perfectionism as well, you know, to just play the advocate a little bit here, or the devil's advocate, I should say, is, mm. is like a bit of a way to make an excuse for why something isn't fine just to go out now. Yeah. Because in, perfectionism is impossible. And there's going to be... I read a book a couple of months ago that there was three mistakes to a page on average like it was just terrible mm. but if, if you're always striving to be perfect in something yeah you you never will be it'll be impossible no that's you know? right we're all human and we all make mistakes yeah yeah i i had a, i have still struggle i don't struggle with that i don't think anymore but yeah yeah no yeah. well as you said you're a bit like me so that's true it's just the way it is i'm sorry about that you've got my genes and well <laughs> strengths and weaknesses yeah yeah Maybe we tend to think about things a lot but yeah i know so take us back to your childhood, Dad. What were you like as a kid? Uh, early, early days, I was a bit of a class clown and a bit of a rat bag, really? actually. I was. Oh, shit. I did. Well, you know, my the first recollection of being naughty was squirting my grandmother. Oh, hang on. With a hose. Let's edit. <laughs> she deserved it. I was only four at the time, but she yeah. deserved it. Yeah. I have no idea what she did to deserve it. But yeah. uh, anyway, I was in the bad books with uh, dear old Auntie Maud for many years yeah. because I squirted her. Um, Dad, she wasn't trying happy. to keep it PG here. Oh, no. With the hose. Yeah. Out the back. It's just, <laughs> just behave yourself. Sorry. Um, so, yeah, dear old Auntie Maud, she didn't forgive me for a long time, but years later she did because I used to go and visit her with my mum. So uh, she did forgive me. Yeah. But uh, that was the earliest recollection of being naughty. But then in class I used to sort of get up to a bit of no good and 
yeah, try and make the other kids laugh and then get into trouble. So, you know, six of the best or yeah. not so much six of the best. That's not true. But uh, Mrs. Kelly in grade three gave me the uh, yardstick across the backside a couple of times. That really? Hurt. Oh, yeah. Just on your ass as Oh, yeah, as... absolutely. That's crazy. Yeah. This was she... 70s? Uh, no, 60s. 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 But she was actually a really good teacher. It's funny. She was old school. And uh, but she was very fair. It's funny what you remember. I was only eight, but I can still remember her being a good teacher mm. and being fair. She wasn't uh, nasty. She wasn't uh, a violent person. But that's the way they you, you kept a class under control in mm. those days. So yeah. yeah, I got the six of the best. But if you did the right thing, you got a fruit tingle. So uh, really, yeah. What do you, what do you mean, Dad? <laughs> You're killing it. I'm not trying to. Yeah. Um, anyway. Squirting your grandmother and yeah. <laughs> getting yeah. a fruit tingle well, here. I said it was a bad boy. Yeah. Uh, anyway, those were the days. Yeah. But uh, no, she was a good teacher. But uh, yeah, I was a bit of a class clown. Mm. I used to try and make the other kids laugh. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why, but that was just me. Yeah. Uh, and uh, but over time, I sort of settled down a bit. And, and then year 12, sort of... you were the captain. Yeah, year 12, well, I repeated matric. It was called matric back then and back in Adelaide days, matriculation. But I repeated year 12 and I got uh, elected school captain, so that was great. Yeah. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed that. And that was good for self-confidence and public speaking and all that sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, that was an enjoyable time. And also repeating, it was much easier the second time around because mm. I basically did the same subjects. Mm-hmm. And so I found it quite easy. The first year, I think a lot of it was just I wasn't studying properly and I didn't know how to study properly and I had a bit of anxiety and all sorts of things. So, In the, in the, in the first time you did Year 12? Yeah. yeah. What what was the anxiety about? Oh, I don't, I'm, look, I don't know. Probably just exams. I don't think oh, yeah. anyone really likes exams. No. And in those days, the end of year exams counted for most of your marks. So you had to perform then or that was it. Whereas now, I think it's a lot different you pick up marks or accrue marks as the year goes on and the end of year exams just are a bit of that. So uh, it was a different era. Mm. So you, you put pressure on yourself too. Mm. That's the way it was. But the second time around, I just sort of breezed through it and I was school captain and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, what was being a school captain like? You said before, you just mentioned you know, it's good for self-confidence and all that sort of stuff. Did you feel, obviously, 18 years old, yeah. it's, it's tough to like reflect, but... Did you feel like you were worthy of being the school captain? And uh, yes, I did. I did. I didn't. Uh, the year before, I came close to being elected school captain too. Mm. But my very good friend Pete got elected, and he, he was absolutely the right choice. He Pete was Barrett. Great. Yeah. You did yeah. Was he the school yeah, captain? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit. I didn't yeah, know. I followed in his footsteps. Right. Very good. <laughs> yeah. No, he was very good. He he was a, a very good school captain. So and I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have been ready for it anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was still sort of. Uh, trying to cope with, uh, you know, studying properly and doing other things. So it wouldn't have been my time. Mm. But the second year round, and I wasn't go- going to go back to school, but uh, mum and dad suggested I do. It would be good for self-confidence and other things, and they were absolutely right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, look, it just, it just happened, and I was very uh, chuffed, as they say, mm-hmm. to be uh, elected by the kids, other kids, and also... Um, the teachers mm. and the, the the young people then or the other year 12 students were, weren't in my class all the way through so for them to give me the nod of approval was quite humbling mm. it was mm. good and how did you go with public because I used to speak I used to ask you mm. for public speaking advice all the time yeah um did it come naturally to you or it, look it did and it didn't there were still times you get nervous but I did a lot of drama too 
when I was at school, and that drama is very good for your self confidence. Mm. So even though I didn't, I've never liked being the centre of attention um, at all. Um, I enjoyed drama. So even by uh, being a witch in uh, a grade seven play. <laughs> I uh, was a very good witch too. Male witch? Uh, on a bike. A warlock? Or uh, I wasn't a warlock. Genuine witch? I think I was a female witch. Very good. I've no idea. I can't very, remember. Very progressive for the times. <laughs> it was. It was very progressive. A yeah. transgender witch I very was. Very good. Um, anyway, I enjoyed that. And then I played Lysander at Midsummer Night's Dream um, when I was 16. And that was good because that was with the girls' school down the road, Loretto. Mm-hmm. And that was good for my self-confidence too because I was still fairly immature in many respects. Um, certainly in terms and relationships. I remember the drama teacher one day saying, David, you're supposed to fall in love with two women in this play. At the moment, I'm not getting that. And I went, I'm thinking, I'm a 16-year-old. What are you talking about? And there were a couple of um, people in the park rolling around having a great time. And she said, now, look at them. That's how you're supposed to fall. <laughs> and I still go, I think I went bright red. Yeah. Think, right, okay. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not sure how this works. But uh, anyway, uh, it was all good fun. They're having sex. Well, they weren't, but they were certainly uh, very close. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, so uh, anyway, that was good, but that was all good for self-confidence and playing Lysander in Midsummer Night's Dream. It's still one of my favourite mm. uh, plays, mm. certainly Shakespearean plays. Uh, it's really good. Yeah, mm. and did, um, yeah, because that confidence, it's funny you said that, you know, you don't like to be the centre of attention, and I think no. you're almost to the other side so much where you just, you the most generous person I know you know, to almost to the point where you make sure that you're not the centre of attention. But how was it? It's just interesting that, you know, you felt, you said like you were happy being the school captain role. Yeah. Did that, I just can't see how that wasn't challenging given you don't like being the centre oh, of attention. Oh, well, it was challenging to some to some extent, but uh, I guess I was humbled by it, but the fact people voted me in. <clears throat> um, and each Monday at assembly, you'd have to get up and talk about something. Yeah. So uh, some Monday, Mondays, I didn't have much to talk about, so I'd start off with football scores for the mm. weekend or something. Um, but it was a leadership role, and you were supposed to be there as a leader, so mm. uh, yeah, you'd find things to talk about. And I, I just saw that as an important role and a sort of a conduit between the teachers, the headmaster, and the students. Mm. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I found it enormously satisfying so I guess I saw that slightly different as to my normal worry or concern about being the centre of attention yeah so did you almost see like you were playing a role like a leadership role and you could kind of mould into that character and then keep yourself separate Uh, to a point I'm not sure if I thought of it quite like that I just uh, I would never look if it had been, you know, you put your hand up for a, a leadership role, I'd probably be the last person to do that. Yeah. But because this was a vote thing between teachers and students, um, and I'd always had in the back of my mind, perhaps I was half a chance. Mm. And I was a prefect the year before too. Yeah. Um, so I had that experience anyway. Um, I don't know. Look, I just, uh, I was humbled by it. I thought it was terrific. And I thought I'd enjoy it, uh, which I did. Mm. I really did. The, the, the author- I was, I've never been an authoritarian sort of character. So there were times, especially in the old days, prefects used to go around telling kids to pull up their socks and whatever. That wasn't me. I wasn't like that at all. But there were a couple of times where we heard that some students had left the school and they were down the shops having a smoke or whatever. And the headmaster came up to me and said, oh, can you go down and just see if you can round them up? Mm. So, I mean, and that was fine and we did that. But I didn't go down there and start yelling and screaming. I just wandered down with a few friends and said, guys, this isn't really the way to do things. Mm. School hours, you know, get back without mentioning cigarettes and other things. And so no one really got into trouble, but they, people were 
pretty good in those days. They understood they were doing the wrong thing and they'd go back to school or whatever, you know. Yeah. But it was a di- very different era back in the 70s, of course. Yeah, for good and bad reasons. I yeah. think, yeah. you know, someone with potential for leadership, it's good to kind of see if they like it, expose them to those opportunities. And, yeah. You know, why do you like being the centre of attention, do you feel? Don't know. That's why I really haven't had too many birthdays. I, mm. had, a, I had a 21st, I had a 40th, and I'll probably have a 60th. Yeah. But that's every 20 years. I don't know. Some so you're people technically love three years old. Yeah, technically, <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, I don't know. It's funny. Some people love being centre of attention and love parties, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's absolutely fine. But it's just not me. I'm just, I'd rather go and enjoy a party, but not necessarily be standing there thanking everyone for turning up and mm. thank you, Mum, Dad, God, President Trump, whoever. <laughs> you know, whatever. Dad, we're 20 minutes in and the word Trump has come oh, up. Ah, damn. I mentioned his name. <laughs> that's okay. That's oh, okay. Well, that's all right. We'll yeah. steer clear. Thank you. I brought him up. It's my fault. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, no, we're all different. There's no yeah. right or wrong. It's just, uh, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm just one of those people that prefer not to be the centre of attention. Yeah. Is it, like, balanced or do you think it's kind of, like, held you back a little bit or...? Possibly held me back a little bit. Because some, some people are just naturally introverted. Some people are more agreeable. Some people naturally yeah. are more disagreeable. But, you know, if it's, it's, as, if it's that neutrality or if it's if actually it's something that they've learned that they, they need to unlearn to continue to grow. Like, is it just naturally who you are, you think? Possibly. I'm not really introverted. I wouldn't no, call no, myself an introvert. Yeah. But yeah, I'm in between introvert, extrovert. I can be either. Mm. Uh, but mm. I just prefer I, uh, to be a little quieter. I mean, I might have been the class clown when I was eight and ten or whatever. But uh, over the years, I've sort of uh, sort of uh, taken on a slightly different role. Mm. That doesn't mean to say that I can't be... Uh, I put my hand up or stand up and say things when I need to. Mm. But I just don't necessarily do it all the time. Mm. Or I'm not naturally like that. Yeah, it's funny because I just, I, um, like it, it, you, I don't know, it's just funny how we kind of perceive ourselves. Mm. Because I see you as this writer and you host the podcast and you're yep. an editor and you, yeah. you know, you, you were school captain. Like when sure. you first told me that, I was blown, mind blown, you know. Yeah, yeah. But um, you just, um, I don't necessarily, it's like, I think there's like a difference between just naturally not being the centre of attention um, and kind of living your life. I don't know. I just, yeah. Yeah, look, I don't, I don't know either. And I, you're right about what you said about how people perceive you. It's different mm. how you, because you know yourself really well. Yeah. And other people, well, some people have a pretty good idea. Some don't have a very good idea. Mm. And how people perceive you is interesting. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I've always been, uh, I've always liked uh, to be friendly to people and have people like me, absolutely. Mm. But uh, perhaps to the point where I've been too uh, soft with some people and not been hard enough. Because mm-hmm. you, can't, you can't be friends with everyone at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's not going to happen. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's just me. This is my personality. I guess my father was a bit like that too. He was what? He, he, was, he was, people liked him. He wasn't a, an authoritarian figure. He got on well with people and... Uh, he just sort of went with the flow. Mm. Perhaps too much so sometimes. And I think it might be, I might be a bit like that too. Yeah, okay. Mm. Did, he, did he have a good relationship with Barry? Had a great relationship. Yeah, he was fantastic. Not as close as you and I are. Yeah. We had a different relationship. Dad went through the Second World War and um, he, he didn't really open up. So we'd talk. You know, we'd often have, in the early days when I 
was in the newspapers in Adelaide. We'd go and have a lunch every now and then, and uh, we'd have a great time. We'd have a couple of beers, a couple of red wines, a couple of ports. It was the early so 80s. much so you didn't have to taint anything. <laughs> it was the early 80s. Anyway, good chat. Yeah, long lunches in those days. <laughs> yeah. You don't get away with it now. I uh, wander back on the typewriter and start <laughs> writing a story going, now, what am I trying to write? <laughs> yeah. um, but we didn't do it that often, but just occasionally. But we, we got on really well. But we certainly didn't talk like you and I talk. Mm. And my regret is that I didn't ask him more about the war and his experiences and all that sort of thing. Mm. I wish I had. He might not have said much. He might have said a bit. I don't know. Yeah, well, our relationship definitely saved me, you know, when I was um, when I was struggling a bit, like just yeah. learning more about the way you saw the world. And I was just beginning to look into how um, genetics play a role, you know, in terms of just natural exposure to anxiety and yeah. even just on a general note, like the way you see the world. And, you know, when you'd start to talk to me, about you know how you dealt with some anxiety when you were sim- at a similar age, like it really helped me, yeah, kind of understand myself as well. You know, do you think you would have got that from Barry? Do you think he probably saw the world in a similar way? I honestly don't know. He was lucky. I mean, his whole you're lucky to be here. I'm lucky to be here. Yeah, because my father could have died in the Second World War, mm. and his father, as you know, he was lucky to. Have, Get through World War One, mm. and he well he didn't actually make it to the trenches in France, but he uh, he had um, very bad asthma and nearly died in London. Got over that. Then he had a really bad case of pneumonia. Was back in hospital for a while. Got out. Got out. He was about to be sent off to France, and then he got the Spanish flu, and he was the only one in his ward who allegedly uh, survived. So he was a sickly fellow, Papa Bill, but he survived, and then. Uh, had dad, dad went to World War Two. he survived, so we're lucky to be here. No wonder we've got some fucking anxiety. <laughs> well, exactly, exactly, I know. I wake Nervous. up in a cold sweat every night. Yeah, I think I've got the Spanish flu. Yeah. <laughs> it's in your mind. Yeah, <laughs> very true. It's all good. Yeah. But yeah, it makes you wonder about, about immune systems, and mm. it may not be related, but uh, Papa Bill was lucky to live mm. past 1920, and yet he, and then dad survived World War Two. So it is extraordinary, really, how these things come to pass. Mm, mm. But, uh, you, know, I, you know, when I feel a cold coming on, I start getting all anxious. You know. Oh, Spanish flu. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know, I know. It's crazy, isn't it? So he was, he was, he married, was Papa Bill from Australia? Yeah. He yeah, was. He, he was born in Adelaide. Yeah. His, his family were Irish. Irish, yeah. Right, and they came over. and then Yeah, I've got to get here. I get confused. My brother John knows this far better than I do. Yeah. But uh, one side came from England, but most of the others came from Ireland. Yeah. Two brothers uh, from Ireland went to Adelaide in the 19... Oh, sorry, 1860s or where... So that's where it all started. Mm. But um, Papa Bill's lineage, I'm not sure. <laughs> I get confused. Um, so I really don't know. Mm. But they were, you know, look, for someone who was really sickly, he obviously had something. Cause yeah. He survived. Three times he could have died. He, yeah. He got through it all, so... I'm not sure how that worked out. Yeah. But thank God he did because uh, we wouldn't be here today. Very true. Very and I, true. by the way, I had my flu shot yesterday too. Oh, very good. Yeah, good. I don't want to get Spanish? the Spanish flu. <laughs> Spanish flu shot. Oh, yeah. It wasn't Spanish flu. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it was, but uh, yeah, I still I get that now. I've yeah. Ever since we got swine flu 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. Remember yep. that time? Yep. Yeah, you, me, mum and Lauren. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. Yeah, we all did, but uh, not as bad as Spanish flu, but I remember... 
feeling distinctly unwell for quite a few days. Mm, I know. I couldn't drink any red or anything. It was really quite well, that, sad. Well, that, that meant you were seriously unwell. I was seriously unwell. I could only look at it. I couldn't taste it. Yeah. So <laughs> I know I'm sick when I can't taste a red. Yes, true. I know. So, Dad, take us to um, 18 years old, 19 years old. Yeah. Straight out of school. Yeah. Um, who were you? What were you thinking about life? You know, a lot of the demographic that listens to this show is kind of 18 to 35. Right. Um, yeah, just a bit of a life advice, but I'm also kind of steering the direction into obviously what you and I spoke about when I was dealing sure. with some mental health issues as well. Sure. Uh, well, 18, I was pretty anxious. I mean, we didn't know about anxiety back then like we do today. Because mm. I, I chatted to mum occasionally saying, oh, I'm really worried about this. So I keep thinking I'm going to die in a car accident. And she said, oh, you're just... Growing pains. Everything was put down to growing pains in those days. Your brain's growing. Your brain, brain's growing. Everything else is growing. So yeah. you'll be right. You'll be right. So didn't have a great understanding. Not mum's fault. It was just a different era. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I had my anxiety back then. Um, but I've, look, I've lived with it for 50 odd years, 45 years. And uh, back then, I don't know, I was just like anyone. I, when I left school, I got a job in the newspaper um, within a week. So I was earning money within two weeks of uh, leaving school. Mm. So I never had money issues as such. I did get accepted into Adelaide Uni to do an arts course, but I gave that away. I thought I'd rather have the money. Yeah. And yeah. being a journalist, it was sort of a, a career path at that stage and getting back to what I said earlier about writing. So I love mm-hmm. writing. So yeah, I fell on my feet straight away in terms of all of that. Mm. And I was just a normal young kid, you know, went to parties on the weekend. Socialised with the girls at the pub, the yes. Loretto girls. Um, and uh, yeah, we had great parties back in the day. Um, we uh, There was no uh, random breath tests, certainly not in Adelaide back in those days. Seatbelts? Uh, Seatbelts had just come in, because oh, yeah, no seatbelts were. I got my licence in 1976, and they had been mandated or legislated then, so you had mm. to wear a seatbelt. Um, but certainly not random breath testing, so can't say that I was always totally totally sober mm-hmm. getting behind the wheel but I was actually very sensible I'm not, I'm not excusing it but I never I was never a hoon no. I never drove I hated fast cars and I never drove fast myself did that have so, anything to do with the anxiety it probably did yeah probably did because I think some people think of anxiety has just such a associative you know whole vocabulary to it when you hear the yeah. word anxiety it's like oh well, A, B and Z you know yeah. but like it I mean it's 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 evolved to help us. Yeah. And, you know, if you're worrying about something all the time, obviously you're going to be very narrow-minded, focused, yeah. making sure whatever that is that you're worrying about doesn't happen. Yeah, well, it's, uh, you know, what it's anxiety, exactly. And you, you have these fears, unjustified fears mm. about things that may happen, that may not happen or whatever. And it's a crazy thing. And you know it's crazy, but it doesn't stop you from having those thoughts. Mm. So I, I went through a real period where I thought I'm going to die in a car accident. So that probably did feed my sensible driving mm. and I always was a sensible driver uh, and the one time I did get a, a huge surprise was when Stevie and I went to a party one night and uh, it was late at night and we set off and Stevie was in the back seat this is my brother Stephen he was 18 months younger no 16 15 months younger mm. than me uh, we set off I was driving he and his girlfriend were in the back seat having a kiss and a cuddle uh, I can't remember her name but I'm sure she was a lovely girl John uh, yeah. <laughs> not quite yeah. um, anyway we drove off and the, the car I thought we had a flat flat wheel because it was all very bumpy and Stevie said it's Dave what are you doing and I said oh I'm fine what's wrong and he said 
you know, you're driving on the footpath. So I had two wheels on the footpath, <laughs> two wheels on the road. I, I shouldn't admit to this, too. It's really very bad, but it was a long time ago. Yeah. So it was, the car was sort of like that. It was half on the footpath and half on the road. <laughs> anyway, that gave me a huge fright, and I thought, right, that's really crazy. You've got to behave myself. So uh, did you just what fall asleep for us? Oh, no, I wasn't. No, I wasn't asleep. I was just uh, driving badly, yeah. basically, but only doing about ten k's an hour. Oh yeah. So, uh, but I, that did give me a fright that night. I thought, no, no, no more. Yeah. So it's not justifying sensible. drink driving mm. at all. And as I said, I was a sensible driver, but it doesn't. You know, I think young people today are much more sensible. I know the rules are. Yeah, harder, harsher, but they've got to be. Yeah, because um, there's no, uh, you just got to be sensible. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's probably a, a probably um, they probably are far more sensible because obviously the, the news, not that I watch the news, but the news doesn't report all the good drivers out there. Just reports the, bad. the car crashes and things. So yeah. they, they probably seem like they're a lot worse than they actually are. But I think. Um, you know, fatalities on the roads is reduced significantly. Well, it destroys it? families. Yeah. It's just, it's unacceptable. And when people speed and... For something on irresponsible, and, yeah. Yeah, it's just unacceptable. Mm. And look, you know, you can you can justify anything, what you did in your day, because no one's perfect and we've all done silly things. Mm. And as I said, the only redeeming feature from me when the times when I was over the limit was I never hooned. I, <clears> I did go quite slowly. Yeah. Because I thought I can't be responsible for killing someone or apart from myself yeah I, I just don't want to have that to do that yeah so and I was all also conscious of the fact my father had a high profile job at the time and I had to be sensible and I couldn't embarrass him so uh, it was all of that yeah. but anyway look uh, yeah a normal uh, upbringing like that except for a bit of anxiety here there and everywhere and how has it changed has it you said we said in having coffee this morning that it's, it has reduced since then but yeah. Uh, what I'm really interested in is, because um, I went through a process of trying to figure out my own tools and things, yeah. did you, um, how did how'd you get through it? Because you have it a little bit now. I do, like I still have an- anxious moments, yeah. I still do after all these years. Um, how did you reduce it at that time? Because it sounded like it was quite bad. There were mm-hmm. moments where it could be, and there were moments that stopped me from doing things. Yeah. Um, and at the time, I just thought, well, that's normal. Everyone has anxiety, um, and it's just the way of the world. It's mm-hmm. just the way it is. Um, I'm not sure I, how I've got... I, perhaps just because I've got older and wiser and things don't worry me as much anymore, but I can still have my moments where I think... I'll wake up and think, oh, I've got this to do today. I'll go, oh, what if that happens? What if this happens? What if... But, that sort of, to the to the same extent, it doesn't happen as much anymore. Yeah. So perhaps it's just because I'm older and wiser. Um, but I think anxiety can be with you all your life, really. Um, and it's one thing I haven't done, which is what you've done, is meditate. And I think meditation is probably a very good thing to do. Yeah. And it's just training your brain, again, because I've got an older brother, Michael, who meditates regularly and has for years. Because he was in a bad way. He was, yeah. yeah. He went through his bad times we, too. We've got it in the family a little bit, don't we? Well, I think, I think a lot of families have it. Yeah. I think anxiety is just so prevalent. And the good thing these days is people talk about it and we discuss it a lot more. Whereas went back when I was a teenager, it was anxiety was a word. It was in the Oxford Dictionary. Mm. But people didn't probably really understand it. They didn't understand how badly it affects you. Mm. Um, so at least nowadays, we, we're getting a better idea of all these things, which is so important. The more you talk about it, the better better it is, really. Yeah, and I think, you know, just to, to jump back on how you kind of dealt with it, ignorance is bliss with, with a lot of things, 
And there is there is in psychology a thing called acceptance theory, where if you just try to stop figuring out how to get through it, but accept that you may just have it for the moment, it actually do, does tend to calm us. So I think yeah. if you know, in kind of in a backwards way, Margie saying, "Oh, it's just growing pains or something," and you kind of following this story that everyone goes through it, which yeah. is true to a certain extent, mm. and accepting it probably would have actually helped you than maybe necessarily opening up a can of worms and trying to, you know, look at any every single nook and cranny of how to fix it, you know? Um, it may have helped. Yeah, quite true. And uh, mum was great. I mean, the, the good thing, I always felt better after I talked to her. It's like anything, I think once you talk to someone about something, you do feel better. Yeah. You don't want to hold things in. That's the worst thing you can do. You need to talk. So even though mum's, mum's idea of anxiety was sort of limited in some respects, it was great to talk to her and she was a, an ear for me, whereas I never really talked to my father about mm. it. Perhaps also in those days it wasn't the manly thing to do. Mm. Um, and I wasn't sure... I mean, Dad was great. You could, you know, he would have been fantastic. So it wasn't just his fault I never brought it up. Mm. But we'd talk about football and... You know things like that. You know, manly things. Manly things. Manly things. Yeah. Whereas nowadays, you know, with your generation, you're just so much more open, mm. which is fantastic. Mm. You know, it's really, really good. I wish we'd we'd had that when I was young. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. You, there's always um, the grass is always greener with certain things. You know. Yeah. Like, I, I love how open we are in this day and age, and I, I'm very lucky and grateful to be alive in this day and age. But then sometimes I look back in the way things were with, you know, um, the structure and, and, you know, men talking in a certain way and, feet and women talking in a certain way or whatever. Yeah. Some of that stuff is good too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't think we're ever going to get a perfect. No, but I think it's, it's certainly getting a lot better. I think it's getting better. It's getting better. And, yeah, just talking. You've got to talk. Yeah, I You've got totally to talk. Agree. And just, uh, you know, in the early days of my marriage, uh, I didn't talk as well as I do now mm. you know i didn't communicate as well well we helped each other communicate both you we and did. i because yeah. I, I was struggling um our relationship as friends we were struggling a bit you know yeah. and um in this very unit there were lots of uh heavy moments <laughs> well there were more heavy moments than the other unit that's if true I rightly. that can well you're having your third red wine for the night you've got to stop it <laughs> i know god i know well that's why i wrote that chapter talking to yeah. that yeah. yeah, I think it was it was good, but God, I, I would have been a nightmare. How was that at the time? Uh, you were a nightmare. Yeah. Because no, 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 no. I, was, I was an adult. I was 20, 21. You were. No, you were just struggling with a few things and I understood that. So I, mm. that was absolutely fine. Mm. That was, uh, yeah, I, I knew what was going on and mm. you got through it. So that was the main thing. Did you, um, did you see yourself in me? Not, not in the way I was acting out because no. I was just resentful and projecting all these things that I had inside me but yeah. did you see like the anxiety because I, I had the anxiety at the same time you had the anxiety sure. that was unbelievable Too when we were speaking people. about that it was crazy so I wonder we're still here <laughs> I know I know no but what I'm saying like I would at you went through it at the same age that I went through it oh yes you know yeah that was amazing when you said that to me it really helped you know yeah. it's yeah. crazy well, yeah, we did. We, when we reacted differently, because my parents were still together, so mm. it was a slightly different, and it was a, a different era and whatever, but we did. Yeah, I, I started suffering from anxiety from about the age of 16. Mm. You know, that story I told you when I was painting the bathroom wall in my parents' home, and I suddenly started getting all these terrible thoughts, and, mm. you know, my life is going to end in a car, and blah, blah, blah. 
and yeah, it's just that fixation of thinking and thinking and overthinking things. Mm. Um, so yeah, we did. We and that's probably why I could help you because I yeah, I understood so it. Yeah, I knew what 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 you're experiencing, mm. and perhaps offer some advice and whatever how to help. Yeah, I think the best thing you did was just offer the insight of like the recognition of the thoughts don't identify you just because your mind's going crazy in all these thoughts and facets and possible scenarios mm. doesn't mean that that's who you are you know no. and you kept saying like they're just the thoughts they're just the thoughts and initially that really annoyed me because it was just like yeah but what do I do about them but I think as, yeah. it, as that idea became more ingrained into me it was kind of like oh that's right I'm not my thoughts thoughts are just no. these things that try to analyze situations to keep you safe yeah. yeah, that's right. And you just everyone deals with things differently, mm. and it's a matter yeah. of finding the best way for you. I I think you've cottoned onto it much, much, much quicker than I have. Anxiety and whatever it's I've sort of had it all my life, uh, not as much now, but yeah. so certainly in the early days. If I'd known uh, then what I know now, I would have certainly handled things differently. Mm. Um, but, but you wouldn't be the man you are today. You know, well, that's true. I might Probably have been a better would. man. Well, I wonder if you would have written this book. Well, I, yeah, but who knows? Yeah. Well, that's right. Because um, this, this sort of stuff, this is why I think you and I love it so much. It gives us like an outlet to express our, ourselves. Sure. Uh, although this is fiction, it doesn't mm. really matter. Just being no. able to write and, you know, have thoughts in your head and then construct them on a piece of paper logically is, is, a, is a great tool to have. True. And there is a bit of the class clown in the lead character there. It's not totally me, but there are bits of him in there. Mm. I mean, you can't help that when you're oh, writing no. characters. That's just the way it is. And there are a few different people who I've you know, gathered bits from mm. uh, to put in their particular characters. So that's just the way it is. But we won't they, mention who they are. No, they shall remain <laughs> nameless. So yeah. I don't want to be sued. So yeah. uh, anyway, no, it's all fairly uh, harmless, really. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and uh, I probably could have made one of the characters more anxious. That would have been, but perhaps in the next book, anxiety could play a bigger part. Yeah. They, they do have their anxious moments, but that's a bit different. We can all have anxious moments. Yeah. Well, we all, I mean, it's important. Otherwise, we're just going to be irresponsible and ignorant and, you know, mm. we won't think of the future and we'll dumb and all that sort of stuff. But if, it, if, it's, if it's impacting your life negatively, and I think, I don't yeah. think yours does anymore, does it? No. Yeah. No, I don't think Pretty so. Pretty content. Oh, I think so. Yeah. I, I have no real uh, issues, to be honest, when mm. I look around me. And some of the things going on, mm. I can't complain, honestly. i got a pretty good life. I've got a job five days a week. I've got my own little humble abode here. Um, go overseas every now and then. Mm. So it's all good. So as I said to you earlier, if I you know, retire in five years, I might uh, write more books and mm. do that sort of thing because I do enjoy the writing. But uh, we'll just wait and see. Mm. Anyway, it's all, it's all positive. As you said, you've got to be positive. Or being positive is far better than being negative. Because we all know people who are negative too much. And that's not good. That's not good for your brain or being anxious either. Anxiety. Mm. So it's all about being positive. What was it like um, becoming a father? Great. I always wanted to be a father. Mm. So that was uh, wonderful. Yeah, no, really uh, great moment uh, when you were born. Does, it ch- does your whole life change? People, oh, people absolutely. say people say there's you know life before having kids and then after having kids. Yeah, oh, your life definitely changes when you have children. Yeah, yeah. You, uh, you, you it's, you're free and easy. You do your own thing, and then when you know Bubs comes along, 
you're putting everything into baby, really. So you you know you get early days sleep deprivation and all that sort of thing. Yeah. But I don't <laughs> think of any of the the negatives now. They sort of wash by by me very. I mean, you're a bit more difficult than Lauren. Was I? I say that you were, yeah. I'm, I'm telling just, everyone I was great. No, no, no. But the I'm real still story, a bit more difficult than Lauren. The real story is... No, no, but yeah. you'd, you'd wake up at three in the morning and I'd be putting you in the pram and wheeling you up and down the hallway in Northcote. Yeah. And uh, whereas uh, Lauren sort of tended to sleep through a bit more. But uh, you know, that was only for a short period, really. And then you got through that. So, But you don't worry about or think about those things now mm. but you, you certainly you you put everything into uh, your children mm. and you 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 become less selfish if you like if I can yeah. put it that way you have to be yeah. that's the way it is because you've got other lives to look after mm. and that's important yeah so uh, but it was a lot of fun was it yeah yeah because why did you always want to be a father like some people don't really realize that until yeah some don't well you had a big family had a big family came from six yeah six children yeah so perhaps that had something to do with it though some people my father was an only child and that's why he wanted a lot of children so Barry wanted a lot of kids because he was an only child that makes sense and Margie <clears throat> my mother only had the one sister so yeah they ended up having six children and we were all pretty close which is great some families aren't but uh, my brothers and sister were all different, mm. as everyone is, but uh, we're all close. So um, we don't see a lot of each other. We're all interstate. Um, but, uh, you know, whenever we catch up, it's great. Mm. So <clears throat> I think that was it. And I just see yeah, like children. I've always liked children. So, uh, but I keep telling you, uh, I don't want to be a grandfather too soon. <laughs> no. So just hold off on that thought yeah. for a little while longer, please. <laughs> um, but, so, yeah, I just love kids. Yeah. So it was great, yeah, when you came along. Did the, did the, because obviously now you've got to focus all your attention on someone else. Yes. Um, anxiety by definition is very self-centered because yeah. it's just this constant self-worry. Did the anxiety dissipate when no, I had children? Or increased. Just, <laughs> yeah, increased with other things though. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't about the car crashes, it was more no, about like taking no. care of the children. Yeah, there were times where when I look back, like you'd be on the trampoline and I'd worry you'd bounce off and oh, you'd yeah. pick the brick wall and stuff like that. So you had to work, I had to work at not worrying, overly worrying about things. Yeah. Like if you get away, you know, you're away, and you've got to be sensible around traffic and things like that, every parent does. But there was times where I probably worried too much and like, you know, children have to fall over. They have to mm. graze their knees. They've got to do all of that. That's a part of growing up. Mm. You can't wrap kids in cotton wool. That's the worst thing you can do. Yeah. So there were times I probably was overly protective Whereas I think mum was a bit better at just sort of letting you go a bit more. Mm. Um, so, but it was a good balance. It was a good balance when I look at it. But uh, yeah. I would have thought it was the other way around. I didn't know that. No, I think if anything, I was perhaps a bit too really protective. Okay. Um, again, if I use the example of the trampoline. Yeah. When you were on the trampoline, like with Lauren, and you try and push her off. Oh yeah, that was great. <laughs> but we used to go nuts on that thing. Yeah. Like and we'd that's double good. bounce, and I'd, yeah. I'd fall all the time. And yeah. I never felt bubble wrapped. No. No. Well, I did. I mean, no, no. That's probably and true. And mum, like many times, mum um, probably let me go out and do my own thing, which is yeah, awesome. Absolutely. That's the great. way you should. You got to let kids do their own thing. You got to yeah. let them fall over fall off monkey bars, all that sort of stuff. Mm. You know, it's, it's, you can't wrap kids up. It's wrong. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I had to work on that to try and yeah. not be too protective and too sort of, you know, you know, I, I'd grimace in the back of my mind, I'd grimace, 
if I saw you bouncing really high, thinking, your mind would be thinking, and yeah, I think, oh, where's this going to go? And then you're bouncing lower and higher and higher to see if you could get her bouncing off the trampoline and yeah. that sort of stuff. Um, but look, no one died, no one, no broken true. bones. True. So uh, very true. No yeah, it was all good. What were you like as a kid? Do you feel like you were overprotected, or do you feel like no. you had a lot of? I get, yeah. It would have. It would have been harder for you to be overprotected because you had so many people in your family. Yeah, I, we weren't. It was a different world because we, yeah. long before mobile phones, before, you know, things you could do with computers, well, computers weren't around. We'd play outside a lot. We'd be on our bikes. We'd scream around the house on our bikes. We'd fall out of trees. So we'd do all that sort of thing. Mm. Um, it was, uh, and I'd hit my brother and then run. Um, it was a much faster runner than Stevie. Yeah. But he had a terrible temper and I was worried that if he ever caught me, he'd kill me. Yeah. I don't think he ever caught me, so I was pretty lucky in that respect. Maybe he's still trying. No, no, well, we, we became very good friends after about the age of 12. Mm. So the fighting stopped and, uh, yeah, we became good friends. Mm. I mean, we were good friends before that, but we just used to fight like cat and dog, mm. you know. But, uh, oh, yeah, it was, it was a different era, but, uh, no, I... I yeah, we just get on our bikes and we'd ride around the neighbourhood, around the streets of Adelaide and all that sort of thing. Mm. It was just, uh, yeah, it was a, it was good fun. Yeah, yeah. And so then, yeah, I'm just, I'm just interested in like the parenting stuff. Did you, did you feel like, like when I was born? Yeah. Some new parents talk about the fact that they, it's just so overwhelming that they don't fall in love with the kid straight away and it takes some time. Like, what, what was. What were the thoughts and the emotions going through your mind and your your body when I when you were holding me and holding Lauren? Oh, just was uh, it different? Like yeah. just uh, pure joy, just wow. uh, amazing. This new life, yeah, this amazing new life, yeah. I just couldn't believe it, um, and uh, yeah, just being overwhelmed. I guess yep. more than anything. Did because... you know what you were gonna do? Like, did were you questioning what your life was gonna be like and? No, I just thought it was just a natural progression that right. you'd have kids and you'd, things would just continue. Mm. Um, so I never really thought beyond that. I mean, I always wanted children mm. when you came That's along true. and when Lauren came along. And then a lot of fun when you were young and Christmas time, especially with presents. Mm. And, uh, you know, of course, Santa exists, as we know. Very true. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm having a conversation with him. That's right. It was just difficult. And <laughs> Clean some, shaven. So that's right. Some Christmases driving to Adelaide and having Christmases over there. And yeah having Santa on board but hiding him um, true. that was really difficult but yes uh, very true we managed to do it somehow yeah uh, and then yeah it was just fantastic so I love Christmas that mm. was fun uh, I think you know with young kids especially it's a really good time mm. uh, and birthdays were always fun and just doing different things going to parks going country uh, drives mm. um, going to the beach um, yeah all of that it was just uh, I, ne- I never thought past each sort of stage, like I enjoyed each stage, even though I had that sort of overly protective stance at times, mm-hmm. I never thought beyond the present, if you know what I mean, yeah. and just enjoyed the present as we experienced it. That's, I mean, that's meditation. You said before that you haven't really meditated, but that's just being in the moment. It yeah. probably really sounds like you were meant to be a father, you know, and I'm yeah. so, couldn't be happier that you might you're my dad yeah, yeah i did and look at that that was a role i i didn't struggle with i love no it. yeah you did you can struggle with some things in life but i never struggled with that yeah um and uh yeah i would have happily had a couple more but it wasn't meant to be and that was fine that was just you can push them out <laughs> well yeah that's right yeah, exactly right yeah. so uh 
uh, yeah, look, you know, very happy with two. Had a boy and a girl. Couldn't uh, I got a friend in Adelaide who's got six girls, oh, <laughs> and they're all beautiful girls. Yeah, but uh, and I'm not sure. I would. I don't know what their situation is. Mm. They were even trying for a boy, mm. but it's just the luck of the draw. But you, you love your kids. You don't care what gender they are. Mm. You just want them to be healthy when they come out, and we we've been fortunate with that. So mm. it's all good. But yeah, no, I love my role as a father. No, no issues there at all. Would you? Would you, if you could go back, would yeah. you do anything differently from zero to 18, Lauren and myself? Uh, not, not with you, Lauren and you. No, not at all uh, from that life. From zero to 18, probably not. Um, I enjoyed, I had a great childhood. Uh, no complaints at all. Mm. Very loving parents. Great education. Great friends. Oh, in terms of being a father. Oh. Would you have fathered us differently no. if you could? No, no. Yeah. No, no regrets at all mm. in terms of that. No, it was mm. all it was all good. Very positive experiences. Uh, really enjoyed that mm. period of our lives, um, or my life, your life, whatever. Mm. Um, so no, I wouldn't have done anything differently at all. Yeah, not at all. I know we talked. We've talked about regrets at times, and I don't think it's good to have. I mean, everyone can regret something. Yeah, but not to have regrets, plural or big regrets, because I think you learn from whatever you do in life. You, you know, you do. It's a, about building success on failure or whatever. Definitely. So I, I've got no regrets. Little things that anxiety held me back. I remember a party, a New Year's Eve party in Adelaide years ago I didn't go to because there was a storm outside and it was absolutely teeming. Really? And I, not that I was scared of the rain, I love storms and I still do. Yeah. But I thought, oh, it's not a good night. To, the, uh, the party was in the Adelaide Hills. And I thought, oh, a few mates were going out, and I thought, no, no, they go up there. The weather's terrible. Uh, I'd rather, and then I had another party to go to, so it wasn't a big deal. So I went to this other party, and I heard the next day it hadn't had a drop of rain in the hills. Oh, it was wow. just completely dry, and I thought, oh, okay. Could have <laughs> I might have missed that on. But look, I didn't regret it, and the party I went to was fine too. But that was a bit of anxiety. That mm. Just, just I decided there and then I'd go to party B, not party A, because of the weather. Listening to the anxiety, not yeah, maybe just thinking perhaps to. driving up the hills in the wet weather and a stormy night and really yeah, you just never told a, me that story. No, I haven't told you that story. Wow. Yeah. When you had those thoughts, did it lead to how how often would those thoughts come in during the day? Oh, uh, look back then, early days fairly regularly. Yeah. Unlike these days, but uh, it didn't like. It didn't hold me back in terms of work or in other ways. Mm. Um, look, if I had, if I, you said, if I could go back and change things, if I could go back and get rid of anxiety altogether, sure, would I like that? Absolutely. Mm. I think anybody would. But um, has it really helped me back? No, probably not. Do you think you'd be a different person today? No, I don't think I'd be a different person. I think I'd be the same person. I think my uh, personality would be the same um, Definitely. There might have been a few little things like the party that yep. I would have gone to, but yep. so what? We all make decisions at different times and if you've got two or three parties to go to, you can't go to them all. Mm. So I don't see that necessarily as a, as a bad thing. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I don't think I'd change anything. Yeah. You know, but yeah, get rid of anxiety. If there was a pill tomorrow, take one pill and you'd have no more anxiety for the rest of your life. Yes, absolutely. Well, but this, I mean, we were discussing this before that, you know, it's, if it's a fear-based disorder, then bravery is the idea mm. in moving past it. If it's trauma and trauma PTSD, it stems from some, like, specific event in your life, then it, you know, 
in a very general way of saying this, because obviously every case is subjective, then it comes through accepting the event and trying to formulate a plan so that if that were to happen again, we'd be better prepared for it. But with anxiety as a disorder, I'm just interested into like where the fear of the car crashes came from. Like, did was it a movie or did something happen to you? No, that's a very good question. Yeah. No, sorry, that's not a. I think I do know because when I was still at school, there were two. There was a boy in a year below me who was killed in a car accident with a friend. They were speeding, um, and they died. Now I wasn't that close to this guy. I knew him, and that was a bit of a shock. I think everyone's. You know, when you're at school, you know someone who dies in a car accident or after. Yeah, it's terrible. So that may well have... I can't remember now whether that came before the anxiety or afterwards, but that may well have been a trigger. Yeah. I honestly don't remember. But that, that was... What sad. if that happened to me? Yeah, exactly. And as I said earlier, even though uh, um, yeah, occasionally was over the limit uh, in those days... Mm. Uh, I never ever hooned and I never sped. I just had this fear of speeding, mm. so I never did it. So that could well have played a part. Um, and that may have triggered that initial anxiety attack while I was painting the bathroom, mm. uh, my parents' bathroom. Uh, and that played in my mind for a couple of years after that. Yeah, But it hasn't for a long time. That was one sort of uh, fear that left me a long, long time ago. Mm. Uh, there have been other things since, but that was certainly, that was an initial fear. Yeah. Yeah, and it would have come through exposing yourself to the fear so that it um, reduces because that's becoming more braver. Like if you have a fear of chairs, mm. you know, and the I guess the idea is, okay, you can't sit on a chair, but maybe you can look at a picture of a chair. Yeah. And then right. if you can do it for 10 seconds, let's try doing it for 20 seconds and mm. then just building to the point where you can sit on a chair and then just making sure that the mind knows not to fear something Yeah, because well, it doesn't need to. No, yeah. but in many ways, like fearing a car crash is fair. It's a, it's a pretty rational fear. Yeah, and yet I love driving. I've always loved driving. I love driving to Adelaide or yeah. to wherever. Um, once I'm in the car, it's great. Mm. You know, there's no fear there. Mm. It's all fun. It's just the the thoughts beforehand. What if? What if? Mm. What if a semi trailer crosses onto the wrong side of the road? What if? What if? Look, you know, it, it could happen. It could happen to anyone. But mm. you can't have or build fears in your mind. Because most of the time, it, they just won't eventuate. Especially if you're thinking about it. You're going to do mm. what you can to make sure it doesn't. Yeah, and as I said, I love driving. And it, you know, your mother and I, we used to love our you know, yearly trips to Adelaide for Christmas and whatever. Mm. Uh, we'd be taken in turns to drive. In fact, we used to fight each other to get behind the wheel because mm. we both loved driving. Mm. So uh, it was just one of those things. But uh, yeah, uh, you, you, you've got to be brave. You've got to, and there are probably times I could have been braver um, and done things. Uh, one thing I'll never do is jump out of a plane. I know you have, uh, but that's been... Get a tattoo? Uh, more likely a chance of getting a tattoo than I will of jumping out of a plane, <laughs> but there's probably not much chance of that either, let yeah. me tell you. Um, so, but, you know, you do have to put yourself outside the comfort zone occasionally. Yeah. And it's not easy to do, but I think once you do it, it's like people on those reality shows yeah. who do achieve and they've done something they never thought they'd do. Mm. And you can see the elation in their faces. Mm. This is great. I've achieved something, and I can understand that mm. absolutely. So you've done something you've never done before, and you've been successful at it, um, whether it's a cooking show or whatever. So, which is which is great. Mm. I mean, you know, I think we all need to think along those lines at times. Yeah. And I never, or I haven't, as a rule, over the years, haven't thought about things you could achieve, or 
No, I have thought about things I could achieve, but I haven't put myself outside my comfort zone. Yeah, in like that. to actually start that. Yes. What's yeah. What's one now that comes to mind? Oh, oh, good question. Um, I don't know. You put me on the spot. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Um, I, I, as I said earlier, I, you know, more writing and all that sort of thing. But I don't see that as necessarily. That's not putting me myself outside my comfort zone. Yeah, I'm within my comfort zone. But more being like stuff. recognized for. Can I? I ask because I'm struggling with mm. this for myself. Like I, I love to write. Yes. And I, I know I got that from you because we're so mm. similar. Yeah. But when I when I write, I I think writing goals and then reverse engineering a plan is is the key to finding something that you're passionate about and then working through those challenges, those day to days to actually tick off the goals to what you said before the elation with people when they actually achieve something they didn't think they could yeah but why when I, if I set the goal like I'd love to write a New York Times bestseller yeah it doesn't really motivate me like what motivates me is just that the would idea motivate of, me well it does I mean obviously I'd love that but yeah. I don't care like I just would write anyway because I just love to write That's is that good. the same with you or? yes yeah absolutely I said to you a few times that I don't I'm not in it to make money no at all if a few people read the book and like it, yeah. to me that's great. Because it's more fulfilling just holding a book like this, you know? Yeah, I never thought I'd do that. Yeah, yeah. Even when I wrote that initial draft in 1991, uh, A4 with my, you know, longhand mm. in, with pen, um, I never thought that it would end up being in a hard copy. There you go. Fiction novel form. So uh, just to achieve that, as I said, look, if it only sells a hundred copies, so what? Hundred people have taken the time to read yeah, your words. Yeah, yeah, and feedback, and even if people haven't liked it, I know some people have liked it because they've told me. Yeah. But even if they don't, that's fine. You mm. can't please everyone. It's like going to a movie. Mm. Not everyone likes the same movie. Um, Not everyone likes the Mind Mate podcast. <laughs> oh really? Well, that's a surprise. Of course. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there are people who are probably bored by it, and you know. <laughs> Yeah. Destructive feedback and all that. Oh yeah, well, I it's mean, just feedback's fun. good. Feedback is good, whether it's yeah. negative, positive. You've got to have feedback, whatever you do. And and this is more, this is far more meaningful to me than good feedback. Sure. Like in in fifty years time, when you're gone, I can Am show I my be gone in fifty well, years time. Well, I'm saying, oh, hopefully yeah, you're still around. Uh, probably a good chance I'll Maybe. be gone. Yeah. yeah, but I can I can show my grandkids like, hey, look, this was this was my Grandpa. dad. You know, this is yeah. who he was. Yeah. This is this is how amazing he was, and yeah. this is how well we got along. You know, I, I mean, I would. There is. And that's an achievement. That's it's great. incredible. Like yeah. I would pay so much money to watch a podcast of you and Barry talking. You know, wouldn't that be great? This is the if thing he was about here today, podcasts. All three of us talking about the, his war experience. It would be phenomenal. And his father, I know. And then I, that would be, be saved great. for history. You know, yes. and I could be like, yes. wow, my grandfather did this, and I'll, yeah. like, I'll never get to see that. You know, and I don't, I mean, that's fine. Like, I can't see it because, you know, the technology wasn't around. No. Um, but, you know, if if my kids and their kids want to know you, um, I have the opportunity to show them, you know. That's exactly right. And that's great. And that's a far bigger achievement than writing a book or yeah. anything, really. That personal family type experience, I mm. think, is just so important. Mm. You know, it really is. But uh, yeah, no, look, writing's great. Love it. But uh, it's not the be all and end all. Mm. You know, it's like people who have sporting careers. Some do really well, some have bad injuries and bow out early. And, mm. you know, at least they've given it a go. And I can't help it if they get, you know, a bad injury and mm. it sort of cuts short their career. 
that's just the way it is. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, it's uh, you know, it's all good. It's all good. What's um What's a bit of advice that you could give to uh, someone in the younger demographic? Just like looking on life, like someone, a bit of advice you give to like an eighteen to twenty five year old about life. And... Enjoy your life. Take it on. I know that probably sounds cliched, but it's, it's so true. Take it on. Just and do things outside your comfort zone. Things that I didn't do when I was that age. Yeah. I I wish I had perhaps done a few things outside my comfort zone. It's just so easy just to sort of walk down the straight and narrow corridor yeah. and not deviate into yeah. a side room or whatever, if I can put it that way. But do things. You don't have to jump out of a plane or whatever. Some things might be too difficult. But, you know, it might be bungee jumping. It might be getting on jet skis. And even if you have a fear, mm-hmm. you know, we all have fears, just do it um, and just see it. Just a one-off. You might not want to do it again, but you've done it, mm. you know. Um, it really is doing stuff outside your comfort zone. I think can only improve you as a person. Mm. And especially if you have a bit of anxiety, I think it's... Uh, it's Almost it's, more important. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, because it's easy to be anxious. And I've heard of and I've, I've never had such bad anxiety that I've never wanted to leave the bedroom or leave the house. And I, I know there are, yeah, and there are people who are mm. or want to stay in bed all day because they're really depressed. And that's, that's really sad and, you know, very tough. But, um, yeah, I've never had anything as bad as that. Mm. But there are things I could have done, um, like the party yep. <laughs> at that time, New Year's Eve, gone up in the hills, yep. and uh, just not let my brain go whirling around and putting all these thoughts in there that just weren't true, mm. that weren't real. So, um, yeah, I might even get a tattoo one day. Who knows? Well, how? my next question is how are you, how, I mean... You've given us the advice to get uncomfortable. Mm. What's the next step for you? Like, are you going to try to get uncomfortable now? Like, what what, what are some ideas there with that? Ooh. You could you could put it on record now. Like, what's that's something that's uncomfortable for you, but you'd like to do it? Um, I have a. I'm not big with heights, as you know. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to be in Ireland soon. Um, I could always go and uh, kiss the Blarney Stone again. I did it when I was 23. You sort of. You're, back, you're high up in a castle, for those who don't know, and you've got to lean back with your head right back to kiss it. And uh, though you don't really, you're not going to fall, you can get the feeling that you could yeah. fall a long way. And I've been there twice. I did kiss the bloody stone once the second time I bowed out. Really? Because the fear got the better of me. So uh, I might try that again. Could you could you do it and, and take a photo of it and then we can put well, it up? Well, if I do do it, I'll take a photo. Yeah. If I don't do it, I won't take a photo. Yeah. That'd be great if you could do it. Yeah. But there's something like that. I mean, yeah, heights are not my thing. I have, uh, I can't look down from a, a long way up. Yeah. I'm really, I, if I feel protected, I can. Mm. If the barrier is up a fair way. Well, like we went up to New York and We State did building. the Empire State Building. I could deal with that. Yeah. Absolutely fine. But if it, the barrier is a bit lower, I just cannot look down. You know, I just, uh, I find it far too confronting. Mm. Well, so, we've evolved to fear that. Like, yeah. God, God only knows how many chimps fell off you know, cliff faces and things for us to start to worry about what would happen if we approach those areas. Yeah, well, that's right, exactly. Yeah. But heights is one thing. That's why I could never jump out of a plane and I could never really bungee jump. I'm, yeah. not, I'm just not. It's one of those things I just... All right, well, well what about do. something a little bit more tangible, like yeah. getting uncomfortable, like a, like a goal you could, you know? I'm just, I'm just because your, your advice before was so good, I'd just love to see how you'd... I'm just trying to think, apart from heights, what else I fear. Mm. Um... I don't know. 
that's not funny. If you'd asked me 35 years ago, I'd because, probably given you a whole lot of things. Well, some people fear doing this stuff, and you've oh, far more natural at it than me. <laughs> well, no, because I did radio for a long time that's as true. a newsreader. So I, I got true. over fears. Then I still do yeah. Vision Australia radio volunteer once a month. So I present a program. So, uh, you know, microphones and all that sort of thing don't present oh, yeah, a fear yeah. to me at all. Um, mm. I don't know, Tom, honestly. Um, you know, perhaps uh, run naked across the MCG. And that's not going to happen either. Well, let's set the goal. <laughs> oh, well, it used to happen a bit back in the 70s and 80s. People True. used to love doing that, but True. they sort of uh, cracked down on it a bit. You yeah. know, the fines are too uh, high these days. Yeah. Not that I'm suggesting people should do that. Um, but uh, I guess if the Crows won the Premiership this year, I could run naked Jump around across. Caulfield Park. <laughs> Oh God! No, I don't think anyone would want to see it. Like four in the morning. Yeah, mate. <laughs> Could no. get lucky, then. <laughs> That's right. Put it out. Yoo-hoo. <laughs> I'll scare the possums. No, yeah. I won't do that. Yeah. Um, I look in all honesty and all seriousness. I don't know. Um, I, I'm just trying to think what my what fears I've got. Uh, You're pretty good these days. You taught yeah. me a lot about how you got how you got through your anxiety and stuff, and it helped me. And yeah, exactly. And look. Yeah, I, it's funny you're talking about I, I'm comfortable with radio or talking to microphones and all that sort of thing. I still, if I have a, a recurring dream, and we all often have recurring dreams, mm. mine is being in a radio booth reading the news and suddenly not having uh, the script in front of me. Mm, suddenly yeah. it disappears and I've yeah. got to ad lib as I go and then I'm so, sort of stumbling my way through. But you're and, so good at that. Yeah, I know. So it's funny that it's... Uh, Crazy, a bit of a it? dream, yeah. Maybe you're good at that because you have that subconscious fear to make sure that it doesn't happen. You never well, get caught with your pants down, so to speak. No, though my father, I can say this because he isn't here. He used to be a lawyer and then he was coroner in Adelaide for many years. If he had a recurring dream, it was he was in court in his underpants. So go figure. That's... <laughs> <laughs> That's not a good thought either. <laughs> Funnily but, enough, you have that same dream, but it's not fear-based. No, I'm, I'm in the radio booth instead. <laughs> it's just me Not even wearing underpants. Yeah. Well, so to speak. Yeah, that's right. Um, so, yeah, we all can have funny ideas or funny dreams, mm. and where they come from, I have no idea. Yeah. And it usually it could be because I, I, do, I did like radio. I, I think I was good at it, and I was comfortable doing it. Mm. So why I would have strange dreams about being caught out and stumbling... When I'm well, it means reading. a lot to you from the sound yeah. of things. You, you yeah. wouldn't want it to. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, it's, uh, look, I apart from kissing the blarney sign, I don't think much else is going to happen. That'd be great, Dad, if you get that photo. Well, all right, I've got to check the itinerary now. I'm not even sure oh, yeah. we're going to the blarney. Funnily enough, you're not going there. <laughs> well, we can tee something up at another castle. True, we're, we're visiting a few castles, so yeah, something will happen somewhere along the line. Um, anyway, it's all it's all fun, but if I do kiss the blarney sign, if I'm there, I'll certainly. Get someone to take a photo. That'd be good. And post it. Yeah. Not that most people would find that pretty boring and not very yeah, challenging. It's good to you. Oh, sure. Just leaning backwards and... Yeah. It's like, hey, you know, um, I can do this. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah, I can I'm, prove to myself that I'm capable of it. Well, we all have little fears and we all have things that we want to improve upon or mm. we can improve upon. So, uh, and it, 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 no difference between me approaching 60 compared to me at 18 or 21 in terms of that mm. sort of thing mm. and the way the mind works. So, uh, yeah, but if I think of anything in the interim, I'll let you know. Mm. But, uh, yeah, just don't ask me to jump out of a plane. It's not going to happen. Dad, where can people get this? 
bid the past farewell. Well, it's online if you... Uh, well, anyway, Amazon, through Amazon, through uh, Bookstore. I think it's Bookstore, is it? The English oh, yeah. thing. Yep. Um, book Depository. Uh, book Depository. Thank you very much. Uh, Barnes and Noble. Noble and Barnes. In America. I, I Bobble and Barnes. I didn't have my script here in front of me. I should have written all yeah. this out. Um, I didn't know you were going to ask me. Or yeah, it was of course. Be a free it's a good book. book. It's a good yeah, book. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, I was a bit worried about the sex scenes, but everyone oh, yeah. tells me they're fine. <laughs> Well, then he pulled out his microphone. Well, exactly, but he wasn't in radio. Actually, he was that, that part of the That was the name, wasn't it? No, no. He was in radio. <laughs> but the lead character, he, he was retrenched in radio, so oh, yeah. that part of it was based on me. But not much else after that, so mm. that was the only initial thing. But yeah, any, any uh, leading bookstore online, uh, just bid the past farewell, type it in and away you go, and hopefully uh, you'll enjoy it. I love it. Dad, yeah. love you lots. Thank you. Love you heaps. And uh, I'm glad you're my son. Couldn't ask for a better son. Same to you. Thanks, mate. Good on you. All right, mates. Hope you enjoyed that episode. Just a few little housekeeping things. Um, If you would love to watch all of these podcasts, you totally can. I make a full podcast playlist series on my YouTube channel and some highlights as well for you if you just want to come and have a look at... uh, the facial expressions and things that were going on when the podcast was being recorded. Uh, excuse me, recorded. Recorded is definitely not a word. Uh, recorded. So you can head to Tom Ahern and um, all of the podcast episodes are up there. You can also get a look in to uh, me vlogging and talking about my mental health tips from my first book. The audio book for Yes, I'm Fine, Just Tired will be coming out in about two weeks. I'm halfway through um, finalizing the production side of that. And that'll be out for your ears if you haven't read it, but you want to listen to it. And I think the uh, the audio is the really good too because I, I wrote it obviously about a year and a half ago and I, we all change and we all grow and reading back on it and then, you know, having a look at how I was back then has allowed me to kind of just speak my mind a little bit more about things and the way I saw the world. So it's kind of like half a book, half a, half a podcast type scenario. So I really hope you enjoy it, guys. Uh, If you are enjoying this podcast, I would love for you to leave me a rating and review on iTunes. Um, It just helps me to kind of get to know you guys a little bit more and steer this ship in the direction that you'd like. And apart from that as well, obviously it helps me climb the ladder a bit more and get a bit more exposure so I can get bigger guests and put a bit more marketing into it, a bit more money into it so we can actually, you know, kind of take this thing globally, which is my goal to, for, for the whole world to get to know their minds and they're all mates. (laughs) All right, until next week, guys. Bye-bye for now.